0: This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agerbo here with John Beeler. We talk all things mobile tech and, of course, the world of apps. And we have a great program today. Later on, we're going to be talking about replica mobile devices. You know, these Chinese websites like Alibaba and DHgate. There's all sorts of crazy knockoffs and kind of replicas of existing technology. So we're going to dive into that dark murky world because we've actually tested some of these things out for better or for worse Mm -hmm. we'll also be talking with the folks over at createables they have a a new program called super code strike and so this is a game that teaches you to actually make games but actually helps you make the game as you're playing the game
1: yeah it's more of a game about making games than a educational tool
0: so this is something that like anyone could just get into and pick up yeah you don't have to be a programmer or anything like that
1: no ideally what would happen is you get inspired by playing with this type of stuff and like hey i want to learn more then you go into a different set of tools to take that to the next level
0: and do you remember those old graphical adventure games like monkey island what were some of the other ones missed Mist, Day
1: of the Tentacle. Oh, yeah. um, Any of like Zork and- The Sierra uh, games? All the text adventures, all those things. Yeah, I love those things. Because back in those days- I loved
0: Mist. Was that by Broderbund? I think back in the day. I think so, yeah. 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 Anyway, there's uh, a program called Scrum VM. And it's an emulator. They say they're not an emulator, but it actually allows you to play all of these- these games, and Scrum stands for Script Creation Utility for Maniac Mansion Virtual Machine. That is the nerdiest name I've ever heard. Yeah. Scrum VM. It's 20 years old. We're going to be talking about it, and some of the other fun, old games you can play on there to to bring back the, the 80s. And the cool thing is a lot of these games are free now. Love it. Let's get into some of the uh, the news this week here. And again, uh, we're covering the app and mobile news uh, out there. And no surprise, you've been reading all about the supply chain issues. Yeah. It's, across the world. Not only shipping, but just getting the stuff.
1: Affects everybody in every possible way you can imagine.
0: Well, Apple reportedly can't get enough chips for the iPhone 13. And we're not surprised.
1: No, I, I think... <laughs> I'm not surprised. Oh, actually, I'm surprised because I was kind of like, oh, it's just a minor update. Now that I have one, I'm like, okay, it's a, it's a good update. Yeah. At least as far as the camera goes. And I think Apple's had more success than they expected and more success than they have product for.
0: So let's look at the numbers, John. They say that they're cutting their manufacturing of the phone by 11%. This is literally billions of dollars. Yeah, that's pretty huge. But think of Apple, right? They must be at the uh, the top end of the food chain when it comes to getting chips and supplies. Can you imagine? Like if you're supplying Apple, you're probably making sure that they get what they want.
1: Well, it's funny because you remember the Dev term that I ordered like last November. Yeah, it's a little handheld computing device that looks like a Model One Hundred Radio Shack computer. Yes, they're having problems getting the chips because they're very low on the food chain when it comes to companies like Apple and Samsung and everybody
0: else. Well, there's going to be 10 million less iPhone 13s in the world this year. And again, that's billions of dollars. Yeah. And so we're going to see more of this. If you are looking for tech for the holidays as gifts for others or yourself, get them now. If you can get that stuff now, now is the time.
1: Yeah. You're, you're going to you think it's going to be hard to get a Nintendo Switch at Christmas? Yeah. it's It's pretty hard now to get one.
0: This is uh, another uh, interesting feature from Google. Google Cloud customers can now track their carbon footprint, which is kind of interesting. Google's going all in with sustainability. They just had a, an event where they talked even about Google Maps. I don't know if you saw that, John. Uh, Google Maps will now allow you to choose your route based on uh, the most efficient, carbon-efficient route to get there Yeah, in not, your car.
1: Not the fastest route, No, but the more most efficient route.
0: Yeah, because sometimes some routes might be faster, but you're going up big hills and down big hills, right. which would take up more gas, for example, right. or electricity if you're in an electric car. Yeah. So uh, they are now uh, taking this out to the, the Google Cloud as well.
1: Yeah, they've got this interesting electricity tracking product. And this has always been kind of one of the sort of things that people always like wonder about, like the cloud. How much juice does it cost for me to do an email, for example? Like what What is the footprint cost with all these servers and databases and clouds yeah. out there just to send an email? Because we've we we we've talked about this before in the context of like blockchain and Bitcoin transactions, which can be very expensive. They need mm-hmm. a whole city's worth of computers just to do one transaction. But we don't know on a per user, per account basis, how much are you actually using? And now it looks like Google has a tool for you to figure that out.
0: Well, I, th- I think that's a good thing because uh, some of these clouds... I mean, they're basically huge server farms, right? They're sucking up a lot of electricity. And depending where that electricity is sourced from, it could uh, have a huge carbon footprint.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, we're lucky in BC because we have a lot of hydroelectricity here. But if your data center is, you know, in the middle of a coal farm...
0: yeah in the middle of a coal farm <laughs> yeah that could uh, be a problem so also uh in the news here that uh, we're uh, checking out uh, amazon is finally bringing its echo buds to wireless earbuds to canada i think they're gonna be about 100 bucks
1: yeah i i love these i i you have, have them right i have the gen 1s yeah i got a couple years ago in the states and i was been I just can't believe they haven't brought them to Canada because they're really great. Like, I I thought they were a very worthy competitor to AirPods. Yeah. Very comfortable. They have, you know, uh, all the Amazon services are built in. I won't say her name because I know people get upset when we say that on the air because it sets off your entire house.
0: Yes. I'm getting getting a few emails uh, on on that. Uh, but yeah, we're uh, we're going to get some in to try them out. Yeah, uh, Amazon, they make some pretty good gear. So yeah. obviously this is going to be tied in with their, like you said, their voice assistant. And yeah. uh, these ones have noise cancellation. Yeah. 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 So for around a hundred bucks, that's a pretty good deal.
1: Yeah. Comes in a nice little case. I, I haven't checked out the, the latest gen or what's coming to Canada, but my first gen came with micro USB, which I was a little disappointed about.
0: Yeah. I was hoping for USB-C. USB-C. Okay. This is a big thing for the BlackBerry users out there telus is reminding blackberry 10 or bb10 blackberry users that the network connectivity ends january 4th 2022
1: do you know anybody that still uses a blackberry
0: <sighs> i saw someone back last year and i was like you're still using a blackberry and they're like yeah i'm not i'm never letting this go
1: <laughs> well he might be forced to
0: <laughs> <laughs> Telus is cutting you off the blackberry era is uh over uh Telus has reminded the roughly 10 remaining Canadian BlackBerry 10 BlackBerry users. This is a, a great uh, article up on mobilesyrup.com uh, that you're going to get cut off. And that's coming up in a couple months. Yeah. At the, the end of an era, right?
1: I think it really is, yeah. Because I know, I, I mean, I certainly knew people back in the day. BB BlackBerry Messenger was like, it was like TikTok now. Yeah. Like it was like you couldn't get their hands off of it.
0: Well, back in 2017, BlackBerry committed to offering two more years of support for the BB10 devices and two years of network access to other BBOS devices. But uh, that's come and gone. And uh, I guess people squeezed a couple more years out of that. So it's time to upgrade. If you're still using your BlackBerry out there, there's some other alternatives.
1: Yeah, I think it's time to get with the program.
0: Uh, What else is in the news here, John? Uh, Lots of... uh, tech news here on the app show. Pixel Pass is Google's new version of Apple's one bundle. So Apple came out with their Apple one bundle that bundles everything from you know, music subscription to cloud storage to their health app. Well, Google is uh, looking to cash in on that as well.
1: Yeah, it makes sense because that's the the big problem is that sometimes your Google services are kind of spread over multiple different payments and that kind of thing. And that that was actually what Apple's problem was too is you had too many different discrete subscription services and now they're going to have this. I mean, I think it's basically going to be coming with the Pixel 6, which we're expected to hear more about next week.
0: Yeah. So uh, some of the things that uh, will be included are membership to Google services like YouTube Premium, Google One, uh, which is their cloud storage, Play Pass, and Google Fi, which is their SIM card. Yeah, it's service. it's
1: their mobile service that doesn't really work in Canada, or at least you can't get it in Canada. But you can purchase it in the states. We we bought one at the, the Las Vegas airport.
0: I I didn't. Oh, that's right, you didn't. Yeah, do, have you ever used it?
1: No, I didn't activate
0: it. You have all these SIM cards from all over the place that you never use. Well, just to but go you on. like having them. Well, it's always convenient to have it. Yes. Because if one doesn't, it's work. even more convenient if you use it.
1: Yeah, I wasn't quite ready to commit to the the fee structure for this. How much was it? Can you remember? It wasn't very much. I think it was twenty. I think it was ten bucks a month just for unlimited everything minus the data. Yeah, and you can build your tiers of data. Uh, Stephen, our one of our producers, he 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 set his up. Yeah, he used it for quite a while. Yeah, then the pandemic hit and he stopped using it.
0: Yeah, but it's just good in the states though, right?
1: No, he worked up here.
0: Really? Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah wonder if that'll play well here then we're gonna have to find out yeah google's having a big uh, launch announcement next week they all are john samsung google apple huawei it's <laughs> yeah it's going to be a busy week it's a
1: very busy week for us
0: yeah we're uh, we're traveling over to europe as well for some announcements so we'll uh, be filling you in on the next next saturday show and sunday show yes from um, europe from europe which is uh, kind of a cool thing uh one more news story here john Uh, the luna display can now turn your ipad into a second screen for window devices oh yeah i thought this was kind of cool so we know that macs have been able to use ipads as a second screen it's kind of native now built into the mac operating system and there was uh another app out there called luna I believe. But now you can do it with Windows as well, which is great. So if you've got a Windows laptop, for example, and you have an iPad, you can use the iPad as a second screen.
1: Yeah, essentially giving you sidecar access to your Windows machine, which is pretty cool.
0: So you've got to have Windows 10, the 64-bit version, and an iPad that supports iPad OS 12.1. But uh, if you do, you can uh, download this uh, Luna app and actually have two displays going at the same time. It sounds, your laptop.
1: It sounds pretty good I know lots of people that have iPads, but they don't have MacBooks.
0: Yeah. They have, they have Windows machines. Yeah. So we'll have to check that out. Okay. We're going to have to take a break. So much to talk about on today's uh, program, including Super Code Strike. If you like playing video games, how cool would it be to play one and learn how to make games at the same time? And uh, we'll be talking about replica mobile devices that you find on a lot of these uh, international websites. Are they any good? And coming right up, happy 20th birthday, Scrum VM. If you like playing those old graphical games like Myst and Monkey Island, well, we're gonna tell you the dozens of other games that you can play on any computer. Back after this. You're back with the App Show. Don't forget to enter our monthly contest This month, it's Click to Pay with MasterCard, giving away $1,000 in MasterCard gift cards. Actually, two $500 gift cards.
1: And it's the final weekend.
0: Yes. And we've got a secret word for you as well. If you stick around to the end of the program, John's going to tell you what it is. It'll get you 10 extra bonus entries. Kind of up your chances of winning, right? Getconnectedmedia.com is a website right on the front page. You can find the picture that'll take you and give you all the instructions on how to enter. And stick around for that secret word to get more chances to win. John, we're going to talk about ScumVM. I've been calling it Scrum VM. <laughs> In the beginning of the program. Doing too much project management work? I think so, yes. (laughs) Scum VM. So this is, say, a program that can run on most computers that lets you play all those old Zork-type games. Do you remember those? They were just like text. Text text adventures, graphic adventures. Yes. Like Like Myst. Monkey Island.
1: Monkey Island, um, Day of the Tentacle. There's literally over 250 different games that this plays. And... It's funny, because we were looking at this, and it's actually not an emulator. It actually runs the native code from back in the day. And a lot of these things are available online. You can go to archive.org and download most of the games, and they're free. Yeah. And so if there's anything uh, you're interested in, if you just go to scumvm.org, dot morg there's a list there of so many different titles, so many different... Uh, game companies from days gone by. Some of these are not with us anymore.
0: John, I'm looking through this game list. I used to uh, buy these games for my kids from Humongous Entertainment. They were down in Washington State, I believe. And they made all sorts of great games. Uh, Pajama Sam. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Blue's Clues, Freddy the Fish.
1: Oh, wow, there's tons of
0: from them. Yeah, and these are all games that you can play on this on yeah. any computer. And it looks like the com- the,
1: you know how well they work is very well.
0: Oh, my God. I got to download this. Yeah. I miss Pajama Sam.
1: The thing I like about this particular program is that it works on literally every kind of hardware you can imagine. Yeah. You can run this on a Raspberry Pi. You can run this on a laptop. There might even be a version of it for uh, Android
0: and iOS. So do you remember all the Sierra games, John? Oh, I do. Oh, my God. King's Quest? King's Quest, yeah. Oh, my God. They've got all of them. Leisure Leisure Suit Larry. This was kind of a risque adult. It's, Not like adult, adult, but...
1: Yeah, it's kind like of like Family Guy now, though. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. Kind of Benny Hill kind of yeah. kind of humor and, and gameplay. Uh, Manhunter. Oh, my God. They've got Mickey's Space Adventure. Police Quest. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Space Quest. Do you remember Space Quest? Yeah. God, they have everything in here. Yeah. As,
1: all the LucasArts games. These are really cool. The Full Throttle. Sam and Max. Grand, uh, Grim Fandango.
0: Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So these are all the kind of the 80s 80s games really.
1: Yeah. 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 I would probably you and know, I probably would have been playing these on our Atari's.
0: Totally. But Cold these 64. were these were very rudimentary games. Like kind of simple graphics.
1: Yeah, like uh, open door. Yeah. Uh, check inventory. Those kinds of things. You know, you'd sort of navigate around a map, you find stuff. Sometimes you would play and have to be moving around. The, the older the games got. Uh, uh, this
0: is this is exciting, John. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. So uh, again, Lucasfilm games you're talking about there uh, as well. Zork. Um, God, I remember Zork. Do you, do you, did you ever play the text version of
1: Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy?
0: No. Was it's it in, good? It's in there too? No, fantastic. So again, how do people access this, John?
1: So you go to uh, scumvm.org. S C U M M V M dot org and there's basically it gives you information about what how to download it for whatever platform. And the great thing is you have a really old computer that can barely get on the internet. This is perfect for this program because it'll run on it. It'll yeah. run on any operating system, any platform.
0: It really will, yeah.
1: Yeah. And you go to archive.org to get all the files for the specific game that you want.
0: So you can play those games for free. Yeah. Love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna load that up on the weekend kind of relive some of those those games and I'll never see mike again <laughs> oh i played them for hours john i mean they were amazing back then like i compare them to the, the games of today no contest like the games today are like movies <laughs> right <laughs> do, you, do you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. but you just back then you let your imagination run with the game i mean the graphics weren't great but you felt like you were in that world
1: and a lot of them have really good voice actors or sound effects and stuff like that too so
0: okay we're gonna have to take a break when we come back lot more to talk about and we're going to be uh, chatting uh, later in the program about replica mobile devices that you can find on some of these international sites are they any good well we've actually tested a few of them back after this you're back with the program mike and john here well uh i know uh, you like playing games video so games yes so do you i do uh how would you like to learn how to make them while playing them? Well, we've got a great guest on the line. His name is Paul Greenberg from Creatables. Uh, they've got something called Super Code Strike. Thanks for joining us today, Paul. Thank you. I'm intrigued by this whole thing. So I can learn how to make games while I'm playing them. How does that work?
2: Yeah, so what we've, what we've really tried to do is uh, a few things. Um, first and foremost, uh, you know, a mantra that we have you know, internally is fun first. So what we want to do is really make a fun, easy, and accessible experience. Uh, we've designed a platform where any user can come in and within minutes make a, a fun little mini game quite easily, a very simple interface, um, and then post it. And once it's posted, it can be signed by, seen by anyone else on the platform to be played, commented on, shared, uh, and, and that sort of thing.
0: So is this kind of aimed as a, a kind of an educational tool
2: yeah, so what I would say is this. Uh, it is, without doubt, um, has educational value. Uh, and we really um, have a, a strong belief that time online should be productive, should be meaningful, uh, should be positive. Um, and so we, we really endeavored to create an experience where you definitely do learn by doing, without question. Um, but it's not really just for the learning in and of itself. It's also about uh, having, having fun time you know uh, in, in a in an experience where learning is just a really positive byproduct
1: can you explain how the coding works i, I took a look at your um, your platform and it looks like you use kind of like a like a block based system so you don't have to know how to actually code per se a specific language you sort of pick and choose from different functions and features to make your game
2: yeah exactly so so as you said it's it's uh, it's block based or sometimes referred to as blockly um, and so what we've done is basically created our own custom flavor of this uh, to work with in our game. Uh, it's visual coding. Uh, and so it does have uh, relatively complex functions that you can do, um, but again, the, the 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 hurdle is very low to be able to engage with it uh, and start to do something meaningful.
1: Because a lot of times now when people code, they're using, the, like when they're actually like typing code, they're just reusing other people's libraries to handle all the heavy lifting and they're just mm-hmm. choosing different ways and interesting ways of connecting all those things together to get a really cool product. And it sounds like you just made it like drag and drop simple.
2: Drag and drop simple. Absolutely. Um, and, and here's a really cool thing about this um, just to maybe if I can kind of expand upon upon this as a basis. Um, one thing is that we've made it so that the the hurdle to get in is quite low and be able to kind of figure it out and as as you've already seen drag and drop and sort of see what stuff does Um, but at the same time visual coding um isn't as as limited as it might seem at first glance the ceiling is actually very high in terms of what you can do so what that basically creates is a system or an approach where you can come in and create some relatively simple stuff but there's almost an an infinite amount of things that you can do uh, in terms of complexity as you kind of um, start to, to develop some confidence um, with the coding. I'll also say just one other thing is a future direction that we will uh, go, but this is, this is sort of more 2022 as opposed to this year, um, is being able to toggle between text-based coding we're talking about and the visual, because the visual is just a You know, it's an interface underlying it is actual text-based code.
1: Right. So getting to look under the hood to really understand what you've chosen and how it works. Um, You mentioned that you can share your code and get comments on it, things like that. Is that then something that, like, so if you shared a game that you created, I could download it and then I could further modify it?
2: Okay. So um, that is on our roadmap. Okay, uh, and that that's sort of under the banner of what we call remixable levels, and right. it's something that uh, that we'll be working on. Yeah,
1: because because yeah. that's a very good way to learn. It's like you start off with something that's, oh, I like a let's say a Space Invader style game, for example, something simple. You're shooting at the aliens, and then you want to change the aliens into something else. So you find sort of the core game,
2: and then you learn how to change sprites and other things like that later on. So yeah, yeah, without question. And and what's interesting about that is there, there's different levels to it. So one is the visual aspect of the game, the structural aspect, how it looks and being able to share and remix that. Uh, but then I think also what you're living to is the code itself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And what's, what is the learning curve here? Like, I, I know nothing about programming. Like, <laughs> uh, can you teach an old dog new tricks?
2: <laughs> well listen now we're getting the kind of life philosophy here <laughs> leaving aside our game um and i'm a firm believer that absolutely you can teach an old dog new tricks no question about that um but yeah more, more to the, the question that i think you're asking um if you were to kind of get in today and you were starting with absolute zero you didn't have any idea what was going on um, you should be able to uh do something interesting and meaningful um, but in addition, as part of the overall sort of uh, curve of learning, uh, we are looking at ways to kind of make that as simple and easy and user friendly as possible. And we'll be adding some things as we go uh, to help to do that. But even with what we have today, um, I think that you should be able to come in and, and kind of you know muck about and, and figure something out.
0: I like that muck about. We're talking about Super Code Strike. We've got Paul Greenberg from Creatables. Uh, a great way to start getting into learning how to make your own games without having to really know how to code—it kind of teaches you as you're playing. Uh, Paul, where can people find out more information about this?
2: Uh, okay, so there's a few places. Um, the obvious thing is to go to the iTunes App Store and search for Super Code Strike. That's one. Uh, the second is we have a website, SuperCodeStrike.com, um, and that's all one word uh, as it sounds. Uh, And then we're also active on social media. So you can check out our Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter uh, uh, pages. Um, And and I think in in and amongst those, you you should be able to get a pretty good idea. We also, by the way, for people who are a little more active in gaming, do have a, a Discord server where you can also find us.
0: Super cold strike. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You were back with The App Show. Mike and John here. Don't forget to visit our website, getconnectedmedia.com. Got lots of great uh, content up there. The latest reviews, blogs, our favorite videos, and our podcasts from our radio shows, including uh, this one and also our sister show, Get Connected. And contests. We're giving away thousands of dollars in prizes this month. It's the Click to Pay with MasterCard contest. Giving away $1,000 in MasterCard gift cards. And there's going to be a secret word. Coming soon. That'll get you 10 extra entries. So, John, this segment here, we're talking about replica mobile devices. So, I'm spending a lot of time in the rabbit hole that I call Ali, AliExpress. Yes. Or DHGate. DHGate, maybe more so. Yeah.
1: Because Well, both of them are kind of really meant for people to buy one to like 10,000 of a thing. Yes. So, it, it, it's where people buy stuff to have and set up stores.
0: Yeah, like iPhone cases or Yeah, you can go there, you
1: can buy like a million iPhone cases for cheap and then sell them on Amazon for not cheap. Yeah. So, but one of the things that we saw when we were in China and that you can buy on these types of sites like AliExpress and DHGate is things that are, let's just call them, I mean, replica electronics. That's a nice way of saying- Knockoffs. Knockoffs. Yeah. Yeah, so one of the things that I saw recently that was just- (laughs) almost too good to believe I was seeing all these TikTok videos of people buying AirPods yeah. from these sites, getting them and they look legit.
0: They're coming in the box as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we went down this rabbit hole. We we ordered a couple.
0: Yeah, to j- test it out. Just
1: to, just to see what we'd get and I get the box. I open the package like the Canada Post box and inside was not AirPods. No. It was this Purple box that looked like really inexpensive wireless Bluetooth earbuds. Yeah. But I opened that box and inside was a shrink wrapped AirPods Pro box.
0: It looks pretty close, John.
1: It's pretty close. One of the things that I found after sort of researching this a bit more is that there's huge levels of quality in some of these knockoffs. Yeah. And everything from them doing really almost pristine copies of the packaging and this isn't just for electronics this is for all kinds of things people can get like louis vuitton bags this yeah. way you get all the little paper gifts and swags and certificates and all that kind of stuff in the box for these things same thing rolexes as well those types of things but these airpods the one thing that sort of stuck out to me right away was that the font didn't quite look apple-esque yeah it looked a little off the packaging was, was pretty close the the top cover of the box actually is embossed with the AirPods graphic on it. it
0: yeah, it's it's some pretty high quality.
1: Yeah. But the, you know, so then I open it up and lo and behold, there's a pair of AirPod Pros in there. Yeah. Or what looks like an AirPods Pro in there. And I, the first thing I did is I opened it up and my smartphone lit up. Oh, you need to pair your AirPods.
0: So it thinks that they're real AirPods. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to know that Apple's got to crack down on that.
1: Well, I don't know how they can. Like, what are they going to do other than go to the factories and shut them down there?
0: Well, you, Apple's pretty good at that. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. So the the thing that we haven't told you is how much these cost.
0: Yeah. They're like 50 bucks.
1: It was $46 yeah. Canadian for a pair of AirPod Pros.
0: So it's interesting because they look like they connect to the iPhone. They do. Yep. Yeah and they show up in iTunes. But what we don't know in the long run now is the quality of these things.
1: Right. Yeah. The build quality feels pretty good. Yeah. But I've also been doing a lot of rating on Reddit. There's a whole actually replica electronics subreddit about this exact thing Yeah. where people rate the quality of these knockoffs. And it's astonishing. There's really poor quality ones and there's really high quality ones. Some work, some don't. Some might break after two days. Yeah. We've only had mine for about a week. Yeah.
0: So we did this because we wanted, because we were getting a lot of emails about this. Yeah. And we wanted to test this out. We, we do not recommend this in any way because there's no guarantee of the quality of these things. Well, the,
1: these sellers also tend to appear and then disappear. Yeah. So you're so not
0: going to get any support from them. There's no recourse if these things die. No. Right. No. And again, you've only had them for a couple of weeks here. So yeah. we don't know how long they're going to last. Uh, you know, one of our guys got a pair as well, and he, he thought they were way too basey. Yeah. So um, you just don't know, right? Yeah. So, you know, buying the real product, at least you know that companies like Apple, for example, are backing it up if you have issues.
1: Well, the, it would be interesting if, if we actually go to the Apple store and say, hey, I bought these. I think they're fake. Yeah. They might have a like a, a obvious tell to know that they're fake. Yeah. Right. But they, you know, all intents and purposes, they look pretty re- legit to me.
0: Yeah. So I'm, we're bringing this up too because... When you go on places like Craigslist or Kijiji, there are a lot of these things for sale and they're being sold as real.
1: Right. This is the big thing that we wanted to try to draw attention to because yeah. there's a number of people selling probably these exact same ones as real for slightly less than retail. Yeah. And you, I know that they bought them for probably a lot less than
0: retail. Totally. Right. They're selling anywhere from 100 to $150. Yeah. And when they're that low, it's too good to be true. You
1: get what you pay for.
0: Yeah. So yeah. be careful. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to be following that. I'm, I'm just curious, like in a month or two months, like how these things are going. Right. Yeah. But, you know, just be careful. I don't recommend this in any way. Like I always recommend getting the product directly from like an Apple. Right. The manufacturer. And just buyer beware on Craigslist and Kijiji.
1: Especially if you're getting it used and it comes already packaged. Yeah. You know, take it to an Apple store with or meet the guy at the Apple store to, to totally, do the transaction. Totally. Right.
0: That is a, a great idea. Um, talking about replicas quickly, uh, we also uh, been reading up on this article. A guy's actually made a Nintendo Switch out of pieces he bought off of AliExpress. I don't know how that's possible, John.
1: Well, the thing is, a lot of, a lot of these replacement parts are available. He just basically bought an entire replacement Switch. By buying all the replacement parts. Like you can go on Amazon even and buy a replacement fan, replacement back shell. I actually replaced my entire plastic shell for my switch. Yeah. With a third party cover. He was able to get all the electronics, all of the screens, the controllers, everything as a third party replacement. Yeah. And then he was able to power it up and play. But games what about on the
0: chip? Like Nintendo must have some proprietary stuff.
1: Presumably he probably bought like a replacement motherboard. Yeah. And so he basically just bought all the spare parts that you would need to build one and built one from that way instead of the front doorway.
0: (laughs) But from what we've been reading, so a few people have attempted this, it costs more to make it than having bought the Nintendo Switch itself.
1: Right, because you're not buying in volume or buying one at a time or a handful at a time. And, you know, (laughs) will it work? You get halfway down it and then you realize that the part you bought was faulty. Yeah. Or how do you even troubleshoot that if you know, if it's something buried inside that motherboard that was maybe already a replacement for somebody else's.
0: Totally. Okay. We're going to take one more break, John, but when we come back, we're going to give you the secret word for the contest, giving away a couple $500 MasterCard gift cards for the click to pay with MasterCard contest. This is the new way you're going to be paying online and it's important. You know about it. I encourage you to sign up. It's like Apple pay or Google pay. You know how convenient that's made paying with our smartphones. Now it's the same thing. For online shopping, whether you're doing it on your mobile phone or your desktop or laptop computer, you input your MasterCard and your other cards into this click to pay. And once that's in there, you are secure now when you're buying stuff on websites that support it. You don't have to put in your credit card information anymore. It just knows. And it's safer. And there's no password. We're gonna have to take a break here on the app show back after this you're back with the app show Mike and John here don't forget to listen to our sister show get connected it's on every Saturday across the country on the chorus radio network and Saturday nights in Toronto okay John it's time for the secret word for our click to pay with MasterCard contest giving away thousand dollars in MasterCard gift cards and if you go to our website getconnectedmedia.com and enter into the contest or if you are already entered into the contest this is a way to get 10 extra entries and the secret word is password password. As in, you won't need a password when you use click to pay.
1: Yes. And don't forget, we actually have another secret word on the Get Connected show. So go listen to our podcast if you haven't already.
0: Again, getconnectedmedia.com. I want to thank everyone that helps put the program together. Of course, John Beeler, my co-host. He's also one of the producers. And uh, Christina Stoyanova, our other producer, back at the studio. We'll see you again next time.